So I know that the last couple of weeks, Pastor Josh, is, we started our, our, our series on struggles, and I know he talked about comparison the first week. None of you have ever compared yourself to anybody else, right? And then also we talked about forgiveness last week, and I heard it was very powerful, and it's a great message. And I know Pastor Josh just really got really real about how he had to struggle with his own things with his dad and things like that, and what God really did through that relationship as he humbled himself. And so this morning, I want to go ahead and jump into something else that, we, that many of you may struggle with. I know that all of us, the, thing, the one I'm going to share with this morning, I know that every one of us has struggled with it once or twice or a hundred times in our life. And so this morning, we're, you know, uh, we're going to tackle this. And so before I do anything, I just want to, I want to read a scripture, then I want to pray. And you know, I'm going to have you pray with me. Is that all right? Well, okay, I'll tell you what, I'm not going to read it. We're just going to pray. Can we put it on? It's Psalms 139. You have it right there. Let's just make this our prayer this morning. Can we do that? Just say, say the words, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the, the path of everlasting life. How many of you know that's a good prayer? It's a prayer from David. And turn to your neighbor and I want you to say, tell them this one's for you. Today, today we're going to talk about a tough struggle that we all deal with. And I know maybe there's a few you've never dealt with this, but... How many of you know that it's important that we address gossip? How many of you know that, how many of you have ever gossiped at least once or twice in your life? Come on, don't lie to me. Maybe you gossiped on the way here. I don't know. Maybe you gossiped while you were in here. And so, but I know this, we think it's not a big deal, but everybody does it. You see, what is gossip? I looked up, I found a quote from Rick Warren, and he says this, when you're talking about a situation with somebody who is neither part of the problem or part of the solution, then we are probably gossiping. See, uh, let's see what God has to say about it. Actually, Solomon, who was the most wise man on the face of the earth, actually, he said this in Proverbs in verse 16 and verse 19. He said, he said this, he said, there are six things that the Lord hates. I mean, you know, if the Lord hates something. We might ought to find out what some of those things are. And he says, seven that are despicable, detestable to him. Verse 19, I'm just going to talk about one. He says, a false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community, God hates worship. I mean, worship. God hates gossip. (laughs) See, y'all pray for me. I'm struggling this morning. He hates worship with gossip. If you're worshiping gossip, I can't tie that one together. I made a mistake. All right. Y'all just pray for me struggling this morning. See, if you're a parent, know this. You know what? You know what gets you upset? If you have someone that will talk about your child. Come on, mamas. You know what I'm talking about. They said, what? I remember one time uh, Libby came home one day and, 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 and she was like, a little boy at school called me ugly. I slipped Luke a $20 bill and said, take him out tomorrow. <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> I didn't. I wanted to, but you know, each time you gossip, think about it. If you get upset about your children, you know what? You're talking about God's children. How much, how, how do you think God feels when we're talking about his children? 
You see, he's, he's a loving father who absolutely hates gossip. There's, some, there, there's something attractive, though, about the sin of gossip, isn't it? Come on. If we've all done it, we've all struggled with it. And sometimes God's convicted us about our tongues and what we've said. But I'm sure there's no one ever here. But here's what Solomon says again. The words of gossip are like choice morsels. It's like having chocolate addiction. It says they go down in the innermost parts. Something sickening and enjoyable about the sin of gossip in there. See, if sharing or reading online or you're talking to someone, I mean, online, there's a lot of things people talk about things online that aren't even true. And, and you have errors. So let's just be honest about who, why we're drawn to it. Here, here's a couple of things. Ask yourself this. And answer to why do you participate in gossip? What draws you to want to talk about someone behind their back? Okay? And so maybe it makes you feel important. Maybe you kind of go like, well, I'm in the know now. I know everything. Did you know? Do you know? No, I, I didn't know, but now I know now. Or it could be something. Sometimes we just enjoy hearing dirt. How come... The magazines at Walmart sell. I mean, there's stupid magazines that are at the rack. You know what I mean? Did you see that so-and-so had a whatever? You know what I mean? A surrogate mother. And she said it was tough watching her. But now I'm struggling taking care of the babies. I'm thinking, yeah, where were you in the birth? I mean, you know, you just look at them and sometimes go, is that real? Or did you know that J-Lo or Beyonce... Come on, it don't matter who. Come on, and we all kind of go, really? We want to be in the know. Maybe you're dissatisfied maybe with your life, so you needed something exciting and some good news, so you want to kind of find out and be in the know. Or I, I really believe this behavior is really just a reflection of the depth sometimes of the sinfulness of the human heart. Man, y'all are quiet this morning. See, before we post comment or share or tell, I want you to consider three questions. Here's the first question, okay? Is my conversation helpful or harmful? Say it with me. Say, is my conversation helpful or harmful? You're the only one that can answer that. But I want to give you some examples. I want to talk about it. See, if, if, if we look at Solomon, who's the wisest man, let's look at what Paul said, who wrote most of the New Testament. And he says, here he is. He's in Ephesians. He said, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. If you intend to communicate this wholesome thing about someone, don't type it. Don't tweet it and don't post it if it's unwholesome. Are you hearing me? In other words, as followers of Jesus, we want everything we do to build up others. Amen? We want people to be able to trust us with their words. And we're not talking behind their backs. Now, if you are talking behind their back, I have something I want to share with you toward the end of the message that will help you. And it's not, it, and it's not gossip. It's really to help someone. You understand me? And so what happens is, look at, here it is, Proverbs once again, who's Solomon, the wisest man that God ever, that, that God created, ever face, uh, was on the face of earth. And he says, scoundrels create trouble with their words or destructive blaze. In other words, it's a destruct- you can burn people with your words. 
And he says, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Think about it. Seeds of strife. What does strife mean? Arguing. Just a mess. Things you can't agree upon. How many of you ever had strife in your life? How many of you ever had an argument? Come on. Then you had an argument about the argument that you didn't finish. Because you wanted to be right. Anybody have those? That's a whole nother message. But here what I want to talk to you about. You said, think about this. Is it, is, what happens is gossip separates. Well, let's go on and say this. Gossip separates the best of friends. Is my conversation helpful or is it hurtful? See, we're really, we're really good at disguising our gossip, aren't we sometimes? Let me give you again. I've, you know, I, I've always admired her. But, you know, I found out something the other day. How on. Or it could be something like, you know, for years, I really respected him. But let me tell you what I just found out. And sometimes it can be worse, even when you're going to talk about someone, to pray for somebody. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? You turn prayer, a prayer meeting or a prayer gathering into a gossip session. Yeah, y'all are quiet. Either God's speaking or I'm stepping on some toes this morning. See what, please, you know, you know what? And if your name is this, if your name's Megan, I'm not talking about, did you see Megan? No, I have a burden for Megan. I drove by her boyfriend's house and her car was there at seven o'clock. They must've been eating dinner. But then I drove back at about 10 o'clock and she was still, her car was still there. Now, I don't know what's going on inside that house, but I have a, I have a burden. And you know what? I got up in the middle of the night. I couldn't sleep. And I drove to CVS. And as I was going, I saw Megan's car at 2 o'clock. Something must not be clean in that relationship. But we need to pray. I have a burden. Come on. Oh, you know. Oh, you know. And then, you know, I really couldn't sleep. So I got up. I went to go get some coffee at Jabba Joe's because I needed a joke. And on the way there, her car was still there. At 6.30 in the morning. My God in heaven, we need to pray for Megan. I have a burden. You know, if you're going to request prayer, do in a way that doesn't make others look bad. Everything that is said should be true, but not everything that is true should be said. Come on, can I say that again? Everything that is said should be true, but not everything that is true should be said or talked about or gossiped about. You see, the second thing, here's the next question. Am I making private matters public? You know, in Proverbs, who we are, Solomon again, he says, it, it, is, it is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps his trap shut, Pastor Bubba's version. In other words, it keeps quiet. I mean, just sometimes look at me. Can I just tell you something? Sometimes the best thing you can do is zip it. And so a gossip goes around telling secrets. Did you know? No. And it says, but those who are trustworthy, keep it a confidence. I was reading a book about a, a pastor and he was giving an example about this couple in his church. And he said this, this couple, this guy had actually committed adultery on his wife. And he wanted to get clean, so he confessed it to his pastor. And then he, his pastor 
you know, told him, you need to talk to your wife. And he went and he said, but I don't want to lose my marriage. I don't want to lose anything. He said, well, look, man, you just got to be real. You got to be honest. And God to help you through this. And it's going to take a lot for your wife. And so he went and he spent time with his wife, talked to her. She agreed after, you know, just the devastation. She agreed, I want to work this out. I want to stay together. I believe in covenant marriage, and I just want to, I want to work this thing out. And he said, great. So the pastor and his wife began to work with this couple and began to, their, their marriage began to blossom. Things began to come out, and they saw some deficiencies. And they said, hey, let's just get in a group. And what we're going to do, we're going to get in a, a group that, I, that me and my wife get together with. And in that group, you can just kind of share your heart. And in that group, we know that everybody in that group knows that to keep confidence, whatever goes on in this group. Come on. Are y'all with me? Y'all listening? Because he's telling a story. I want to know this stuff. And so what happens is they're telling it and, you know, they, and they come and they get really get honest with some people. And one of the couples in the, in the, in the uh, group actually shared how before they were Christians, how they, they had been immoral on each other and how God, when they got saved, God began to work it out. And that began to give them hope. And, and so what happened is, you know, Pastor, please don't say anything what's going on in this group. Well, one of the ladies decided she wanted to share with one of her friends that wasn't in the group about this couple. So little did they know is this, this lady, Lily, got on Facebook and started messaging. Is that the right word? Okay, my wife, I would go, I don't know what they go. You know, my wife, she always corrects me on what the terms are. She was gossiping. And she texts, she says, please pray for, names the guy and names the girl, that he had an affair with an assistant in his office. We need to pray for them. The wife goes, and she looks on her phone one day, I get mine, somewhere in here, And all of a sudden, she gets up and she reads this post. Is that right? This post about her husband and her. She's devastated. Wouldn't you be devastated? She goes, I can't go to the baseball games. I can't go to football games. I can't get out and do anything anymore. People are going to look at us and they're going to think this this about. That's all they're going to see. And she couldn't handle it. Two days later, she filed for divorce. Now, let me ask you a question. Did adultery kill that marriage? You know what killed that marriage? Gossip. Gossip did. You see, see it's a destructive blaze. That's, what, that's all what Solomon said. It's a destructive blaze. I, I, I'm making private matters public when I shouldn't be. Are you hearing me? You see, I'm not going to be part of that. I want to be. Here's what I want to do. I want to learn to protect others. Hello. As Christians, that's what we should do. We should protect others. Aren't you glad Jesus, when he says you, you confess your sins, he throws them as far as the east is from their west and never to remember them anymore. Aren't you glad about that? Because I'm glad that I don't, I'm not living by my old reputation. Hello. I walk in. Oh, there's a dope smoker. Thinks he's all that. There's the so-and-so. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes we allow the enemy, because of the words that people have said, gossip in our own ear about us. And sometimes we need to tell him, shut up. I'm going off the message a little bit, but I'm feeling good about it. 
But can I tell you, sometimes, because you know what? The enemy will come, he'll gossip about you, and he loves spreading bad news about people. But I know this, there's good news. And the good news is that, but I want to also protect myself. I want to protect that I can be trustworthy. I can be a person that people can trust. Not because I'm a pastor, hello, but because I'm a Christian. See, Proverbs says, when arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip, and you will never regain, look what it says, your good reputation. Go ahead. I want you to do this this morning. I want you to stick your shoes out right in front this morning. Okay? Because if I haven't stepped on your shoes yet this morning, I brought my shoes and I got heels this morning. And this next part of my message, I'm going to step on some, ho- some, some toes, some hoses, some toes, whatever you got. And, and because here, here, here's the thing. I want to step hard today because I believe this is something, you know, we don't want to talk about it, but we know we all struggle with it. Come on. Am I being real here? All of us deal with this. And see, the third thing is, am I permitting others to gossip? Proverbs says wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Liars pay close attention to slander. It's only wrong, it's it's not only wrong to dish it out, but it's also wrong to eat it up. In other words, what you permit, look at me, what you permit, you promote. Well, you don't say anything? What do you mean, Pastor? Not only will I not do it, but I won't hang around those who do. In other words, I remember one time we were building the, the section right here where there used to be our sanctuary, where the foyer is. That was our sanctuary. And what happened is before we built this, and there was a guy here from one of our churches, and he was putting on the ex, a new roof and doing some stuff. And he started talking about my pastor, Pastor Jacob. And I've been with Pastor Jacob. He's been my pastor 36 years. And he was talking smack. Okay, you know my definition? Anybody know what the definition of a smack is? How many of you don't know what the definition of smack is? Okay, Miss Jean, I'll help you. It's like lies, stories that aren't true, fabrications that someone said that someone else said that, come on. It's like when you whisper in someone's ear and you know you ever play that game and you got 10 people and they go, I said, I want a chocolate. And then by the end, he says, I want a banana. How did that happen? I don't know. Gossip. It just, it kind of just waters it down, but it spreads out and becomes something totally different. Hello. And I remember I looked at him and I go, stop. Stop right now. I said, number one, I know him way better than you. He may be your pastor, but he's been my pastor. And not only that, I've prayed with him. I've seen him cry. I've seen him humble himself in front of people. I've seen, you know what I mean? I've seen the real side. I know the other side that most people don't see. Hello. And I said, and this is what I told him, I said, and if you don't call him within the next 15 minutes, I'm calling him. Who, Pastor Mom, you ain't calling him. I'm calling him. You better. I basically gave his booty back in a package. <laughs> there was a righteous anger in me. Do you understand me? The Bible says, be angry and sin not. You know what that means? I wasn't going to listen to him talk to me and begin to spread things that don't need to be spread. How many of you know that in Lake Arthur and in Jennings, there are people that do gossip? 
Now, you'd be surprised it happens in Mermintal. Now, Hathaway, they can't figure it out. They're halfway between gossip and whatever. I'm just trying to step on toes this morning. Come on. Are you hearing me? Are you understanding? See, not only do I, I, I just don't want to hang. If you talk about others, you need to know. Listen, if you talk about others, you need to know this. They will talk about you. How you like that feather in your hat? You see, there are four approaches to handling gossip. Let me just share with you. There may be more, but these are some that I give you. Number one, just a subtle, a subtle way. Just saying, you know what? I'm not feeling very comfortable what our conversation is like right here. I'm just not feeling comfortable. It's a good way to be subtle. Another way is, is just caring. If so-and-so was here, I don't think we'd, we'd want to talk about them. Because you know what we're talking about? It may really hurt them. Another way is a biblical approach. I have a problem. And you know what? Maybe you need to go to the Bible and go, you know what? The Bible says this. I don't want to be a slanderer. You don't throw the Bible. Man, the Bible says. And beat them with the Bible. I've known people that have done that. Hello. I've been to churches like that where literally, I mean, you're like, dear God, is there any hope? But here it is. See, if they don't receive these first three, then that you got to be the next one is just be very direct. If you keep talking about others, I'm not hanging out with you, and I'm going to call them the next 15 minutes if you can't get it right. Can I tell you something? They will never gossip in front of you ever again. Listen to me very close, closely. If someone will gossip to you, they will gossip about you. Y'all learn anything yet? Times when the talk, here's, here's, you can talk about people behind their back. Number one, if, if you're saying something constructive about them in front of them, that's okay. Or maybe you're in a group of people and you're having a conversation and you want to help somebody. And in that conversation, you got a group of people who are saying, you know what? We need to help them in their marriage. We need to help their spouse. We need to, you know, they're, they're walking away from God. What can we do to get a plan together to help them to see the direction and the course they're taking in their life? Because we really want to help them. So what do we do? And you can go, let's pray about, let's pray. Father, help us, lead us, guide us. Give us words to speak to them that will change them. And that will draw them close to you. Everyone wants to be, how many, how many want to live a godly life? And the people that didn't raise your hand, we're praying for you. You wouldn't be here if you didn't want to have a godly life or you weren't searching for change in your life. Because I've learned, I've learned this. When, without God, you can do your best and you can only get to a certain place. And my question always is, how's that working out for you? But yeah, I've learned when I came to the Lord, just like many of you, Lord, just like many of you, when, when, when things happen in your life, all of a sudden, most of us, it's not when the things are going great in our life. It's when things, we start struggling. And all of a sudden, we've looked to so many other things to help us in that struggle, and they don't help us. And then we see people, sometimes it's people we know, people we've met or conversation we had, and they begin to share with us about the love of God. And all of a sudden, we go, we reach out and we cry out to God, God, if you're real. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Just open my eyes, show me. 
And all of a sudden, God begins to bring circumstances and situations and people. And you come in a, a moment, maybe a room like this, and you came and you go, I just want to be real. I want to be honest. I don't want to play games. I want to take the mask off of my life. I'm not going to wear any mask and try to hide anymore. I just need God for all who he is because I know I can't do it by myself. Anybody ever been there? You see, and see, don't be shocked by this. You know, sometimes if you're, you're persecuted or you're talked down about because you're seeking God. Come on. Don't be shocked. Don't be discouraged. Don't be overwhelmed. Expect it. You know, when I came to know the Lord, all my friends were talking behind my back. He's a Jesus freak. My question was, whose freak are you? In other words, you don't have to do anything wrong to be persecuted. On the contrary, all you have to do is do everything right. and People will talk about, about you. Hello? See, when someone says something cruel about you because of your faith, don't be ashamed. Instead, know this. Thank God that you belong to Jesus. And I heard someone say one time, if you serve the Lord, everything they did to Jesus eventually will happen to you the longer you serve him. How I many of Jesus was betrayed? Jesus was talked bad about. He's just starting a new religion. Don't you don't you want to break around? I the tradition in our family have always been you put in the blank. Why would you want to go do? Because I really met Jesus, that's why. You know, are y'all with me? All right. As you're led and enabled. By the Spirit, either respond to them in love or realize that you don't always have to respond. Sometimes the greatest thing you can do in love is not respond at all. Ultimately, God is a defender. How many know God will defend you? If you live for him, he'll defend you. And see, the thing is, it's really tough for other people to shoot at you. Believe me, I understand. I've been shot at. Look at me. When we first moved here, they thought that Miss Tracy had the first four children and she was married to someone else. And then I had compassion on her and I married her. And that's where Luke and Livy came from. Now, if you want to look at my first four children, I scarred them pretty bad. In fact, that was a lie. It was a rumor. I mean, when we first moved, it was all kinds of rumors. There was a rumor when we started the church at the Holiday Inn that we were the we were that church at it's this part two of the church that tried to start and they, they took everybody's money and they left. Listen, when we started the church, we didn't have enough money. We didn't know we were coming back. I mean, it's just crazy. You know, if you're like me, you know, it's like, how many of you know you can, get, you can go to Facebook and you get 100 likes. And they say, listen, with every like, there's an endorphin that's released. It's like smoking a joint. So if you've had 100 likes, you come into church going, wow. <laughs> you got 100 likes, didn't you? Yeah. Isn't it amazing you can have 100 great positive con- uh, responses to whatever you put on there. And then you get one critical one and that's all you focus on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? See, becoming obsessed with pe- what people think is the quickest way to forget about what God thinks about you. 
You see, but the opposite as well. Becoming obsessed with what God thinks about you is the quickest way to forget about what people think about you. In other words, both the bottom line, we have to embrace this truth. Your words matter. Say, say it with me. My words matter. You see, the words you speak are incredibly important and they're powerful. Your words matter. Matthew says it like this. This is what Jesus says. I mean, you want to, we've talked about Solomon. We've talked about Paul. Let's see what Jesus says about words. He says, but I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. Think about that. Let me ask you, have there been a few empty words that you've spoken? Some go, well, Pastor Bubba, what do we do? That's where grace comes into play. I had someone... I preached this in Crowley last week, and someone goes, but Pastor, you know, the Bible says he forgives. Yeah, I said, if you ask God to forgive you of your words, you won't stand before him. You'll be washed in his blood. You won't have to give an account. I'm talking about those idle words that you want to hold on to, that you don't want to bring to God and say, God, do an inventory of my heart. Cleanse me. And he says this, he says, for by your words, you will be acquitted, and by your words, you will be condemned. My words and your words have the power of life in death. The Bible says life and death are in the power of this. Your tongue. I heard one time a pastor was preaching a word about and this lady wanted to come up and repent because she was the biggest gossip in town and the biggest gossip and the, actually created two, two splits in the church. And she said, Pastor, I've come today and I need to repent. And he said, Honey, the altar is not big enough for your tongue. I don't see any tongue flappings right now. But here's the thing. Can God forgive someone like that? Absolutely. If the heart's turned. If the heart wants to be right. Are y'all with me? I want to be caught. This is what I want to do. I want to be caught speaking well of others. I want to be caught speaking about about the good of people and not against people. I know that the Bible says it's a good news, that we're to give good news. As a pastor, I want to talk good about you. I want to love you. I want to support you. I want to encourage you. If I have to correct you to bring direction that brings life to you, we want life. Even like Tracy prayed at the beginning, Lord, we pray life, life, life. See, the gospel's all about life, the life of God. The quickest way to kill the life and the joy of God is when you begin to listen to gossip, spread gossip, and celebrate it. Are you hearing me? And what God wants us to do is be people who say, you know what? That is not going to fly here. This is not going to fly. There are people that will come to you with subtle things. Did you hear? That's when you go, hey. Is this encouraging? Is this going to build? Or is this going to tear down? I don't want to know if it's going to tear down. Did you hear about Pastor Josh? Did you hear about Pastor Bubba? Jamie, did you hear about Pastor Jamie? He's at his house this morning. He's not even in church. Well, he had surgery. What is wrong with them? Hello. I serve a God of good news. You serve a God of good news. 
And you know what? We're just sinners that have been saved by God's grace. Then what we need to do are, yo, is this something that you've struggled with? Here's the thing. I've learned this. I've struggled with this in my life before. But I make it a point not to talk bad. I want to give hope to people. Look at your name and say, say hope. You know what our country needs? Hope. You look at the news, filled with gossip. Did you know that so-and-so said about so-and-so, and he said this about his wife, and they said this about their children, and you know, they said, and she said, and what the, and you're going, yeah, it's like those in my head is spinning, going crazy. Remember that song? Anyway, never mind. If you listen to gossip and you listen to news that spread gossip, all you're going to do is you're going to your head's going to spin. And let me tell you something. God wants your eyes focused on him. And the quickest way to get your eyes focused off of him and God's kingdom and his purpose for your life is when you begin to invite gossip into your life. Amen. Amen. And so let me ask you a question. Where are you at in all that? Maybe as I've been preaching, there was memories of or thoughts and things like that. Maybe you go, you know what, Pastor? Wow. I asked, I asked the church in Eunice when I preached this two weeks ago. I said, let me ask you something. How many of y'all might need to repent about a few things you've said about a few people? The whole church raised their hand. I go, we may be hitting on a struggle that somebody's dealing with. Now, let me ask you, wide, eyes wide open. How many of you say, Pastor Bubba? I need to watch my words because I've allowed my words to create a blaze that can burn people. And I don't want to do that. If that's you, raise your hand this morning. Wow. Look at me. Thank you. Thank you, number one, for being brutally honest. Second of all, thank you that I can come to a church that understands the conviction of the spirit of God. Condemnation says, you're always going to be a gossip. God's going, no, no, let's start listening to me. And see, all we want to do this morning is give you tools how to come against the enemy, how to come, peop- how to come against people that, that just don't know better. Come on. How many of you grew up in a home and all they did was talk about people behind their back all the time? How many of you go to work and all they do is talk about everybody else? And so when you leave, you're worried they're talking about you. But you know what people at your work, you know what people in your family need to know? That, that wherever they go, they go, you know what? I've never heard them speak an ill word about you put them in the blank. So can we just pray this morning? Father, I thank you for everyone here this morning. I thank you, Father, for the honesty that's here this morning. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that you convict us. And Lord, I, my hand was up with everybody. I've done it before. I grew up in a family like that. And God, I pray that you would help us. Lord, you would help us to, God, come to that point in our lives where we would just see that, that God, that we want to be helpful and not hurtful. We want to not make private matters public. And Lord, that we would be people that can be trusted. That we'd walk in your ways and not our ways. Or to listen to things just to please others. Father, this morning, come, have your way in our hearts. 
Jesus' name. Amen.